0: We're not cognizant of some of the of the spiritual darkness or the spiritual deafness that we as members have at this specific time. Uh, the churches, uh, the preachers, or the people, of the spirit is working opening up blinded eyes and deaf ears. But as he said, we're in chapter 42, uh, I, we... I don't want to spend too much time rereading that same chapter, but he's talking about the blind portion of the church uh, and those that had turned against him or rebel against him <coughs> plus what he's doing as he alleviates that blindness, a deafness. But still to some, they're causing or uh, they're allowing this blindness, a deafness to come upon them. They're becoming dull of hearing. That's why when he was talking to Isaiah in the sixth chapter, he told them that they would be blind and they wouldn't see. Seeing, they wouldn't see. In other words, they could see physically, but spiritually they couldn't see. They had ears, but they couldn't hear. And he hadn't given them the ability to understand. His spirit gives us that ability, in other words, the power, to become sons of God. But those that are, as you were praying about salvation, about salvation, I don't know if you were cognizant of it, but there's a common salvation that all men can hear or see or perceive of, but they can't perceive of the saving salvation, salvation that saves us. Grace is coming to all men but <clears throat> this day and hour God, uh, I think according to Zachariah is that the bands of beauty and grace, I think are being protracted now, of being protracted now and he's allowing each person to become what they are as Pharaoh, hardened his heart and then God Maybe pull back his spirit, but then he began to harden Pharaoh's heart. That's what happens to us at the Pharisees when God, or the rejection of God, or the rejection of his principles, are uh, not walking in his word. Then he allows you, it turns you over to a reprobate mind. Uh, he, he allows this blindness to come upon you and this deafness. It's like with your children. I, All of my sons and daughters are grown now. If they would come to me and ask me for advice or were sitting in church or somebody's church or whatever, they may get some spiritual advice or whatever. But I think we provoke our children when we give them advice and try to raise them. Now after they're grown, you telling them about tattoos or the crowd they go with or different aspects of discipline, It says bend the rod or bend the sap while it's young. When it's older, it's no use doing that because what you you provoke them to anger and to stay away from around you and not say much on you. And the same way they provoke us as parents, it's the same way we provoke God. So sometimes you go silent. You don't tell your children things. You you didn't raise them. And now it's up to them to realize or start seeing. A lot of time they come back and tell me where they understand or see something now. That's because God allowed the veil to be removed from their eyes. But until they start coming to Jesus, until we come to Jesus, we'll like to lay other sins. And my preaching last week when I touched on it, that's why I say I don't know, sometime when preaching it, Enough studying or teaching hadn't been done, the preaching doesn't release it. Sometimes the preaching formats it in and causes just that much more blindness because you become dull of hearing because you rejecting his word, just like they rejected Christ's word, and Christ started to speak in parables unto them. But we're in the forty-second chapter of Isaiah. And he tells them of a time during the millennial reign of what all he's doing or what all he's causing them to do. Listen at this. I, the Lord, have called thee in righteousness, and I will hold thine hand and will keep thee and give thee for a covenant of the people, for a light of the Gentiles. I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory will I not give to another, neither my praise to graven images. Behold, the former things are come to pass, and new things I do. There's new things always going on. Wherever you're at, there's something new transpiring. These new things are coming through God. These new things, anything that happens really is ordained of God. But whether it's for the betterment or not of each individual, that's according to whether they are elect or not, because we know all things work together for good for those that love the Lord. Amen. He says, Behold, uh, the former things have come to pass, and new things I declare. Before they spring up, before they spring forth, I tell you of them. Now, I think the you that he's telling of them is his spiritual elect. Those, he says, you're no longer servants, but friends. You come into a situation where, through his word, he's opening up. The mind of the understanding of those that have faith in him. It comes through the revelation of Jesus Christ. He reveals it to him. This has to be this mystery of iniquity. I'll tell you a little bit more the mystery of godliness is is that he has to reveal this to you. This is not something that you could figure out a, a self can do. He says, Sing unto the Lord a new song, and his praise from the end of the earth. Yea, they that go down to the sea, and all that is therein, the eyes and inhabitants thereof. In other words, all of the world, all of the Gentiles, all of all of the people, God gets glory from you singing praises in those that have been released to see. That you rejoice when you come seeing, as the blind men that Jesus healed. They come back singing his praises and witnessing of him because now you're his servant. You're yielding yourself unto him to do works of righteousness. And you start yielding your members that way, but there's a battle going on because the carnal nature, that carnal man is still there. Israel couldn't overcome it because of the weakness of the flesh. And that's our problem. That's the church's problem. We don't realize that there's still an old man in us that's hateful, envious, spiteful, bitter, and all of these other things, and that we have to be on God front, And as a church, we should see it or be able... There's different gifts in the church to help the church eradicate that because those spirits attach themselves to us they attach themselves to members coming in the church. And you'll come in with a bad spirit. You'll come in in a bad mood or something. Yes. And if somebody doesn't see that to rebuke that or bind that spirit, that spirit looses in the church and it causes confusion and havoc. One of the bands is a band of unity that he's retracting. That band of unity. We see that ban has been loosed in the United States. There's no more unity in this nation. There's two different portions of this. It's a divided nation, and the people talk about the civil war that's coming because we're not no longer a United States. We're very divided. Even in our churches and religion, we're div- very divided. Satan's ministers has transformed themselves into angels of light. So within the church, and that's why I said he's talking to some of his servants, the judgment that he had came for. Last week we talked about the book of John, the ninth chapter, when the Pharisees say, are we blind too? And it says, if you were not blind, you would not have sinned." But, but now that you say you see, you'll see and, and in other words, those that are in the church that are self-righteous, that are critical of others, look down on others and not working out their salvation with fear and trembling they're like the Pharisees they're hypocritical and not buffeting the body and bringing it into subjection of the Lord and when you allow it to have free reign in your life when you allow it to have free reign in your life then you start getting stronger physically but you start walking into darkness you're slipping into darkness you're being like the Hebrews, you're going adrift. Uh, This is an article I brought in. I I, emailed it to everyone. It's a Republican lawmaker just now realized abortion ban. He voted for have real-life consequences. Throughout the nation, all of these states that had put the prohibition of abortion and a lot of these things in, and they're talking from a Pharisee ethical point, looking down from a legalistic point on abortion, about abortion and the things of abortion. And I tell you, we serve a person of God. Yes. Things happen in our lives or whatever, and we can't be legalists and say, the law says this, and we can't do this, and this is what the law of abortion says. And, well, this is a lawmaker, one of the ones that went along with that, he had heard and that he's struggling with this. He's a white male politician, speaks from his statehouse desk. This is a legislative representative in South Carolina that voted for this, but now that it comes, it's about, you need to read it. I'm not going to read it. <clears throat> in 2021, uh, South Carolina's governor, Henry McMaster, signed into law a six-week abortion ban. Bans at the six-week mark are framed by supporters as fetal heartbeat bills. Despite the fact that there is no actual heart present, just an embryo the size of a pomegranate seed with healthy yolk sac development resulting in electrical activities. But let me not digress, as the writer says, not digressing and coming up to the actual point of this. This young lady that was pregnant and there were problems with the fetus. The woman was 19 years old. Uh, and he was fighting back tears. And I, you need to find this article, those that are listening, via sermon audio. It says, Republican lawmaker just now realized abortion ban he voted for has real-life consequences. It's by Vivian Kane. Uh I don't have the date on it, but it was last week. But he heard of this 19-year-old woman that had this problem with the fetus. It says that the woman's water broke after 15 weeks of pregnancy, far before the point of viability where the fetus could survive outside the womb, but long after the six-week cutoff to receive an emergency abortion. So it's beyond that six-week cutoff period that they enacted in their abortion ban or whatever. So at 15 weeks, this is not formed. It's not formed until a fully functional fetus, where they could, the surgeons could take the baby from the woman, you know, do a C-section and bring the baby into the world. It wouldn't survive. I think preemies at seven months or something like that, they survive or whatever. But way before that, at 15 weeks, this one couldn't survive outside the mother's womb. It wasn't a viable option, but the woman's water had broke. Now this is what the law does. We can't do anything for you because of the law. She had to go back home, wait till the baby died within her, jeopardizing her life and everything until this was viable for them that the baby were going to die, you know. We knew this was the problem because with women there are complications and problems and a lot of times with a whole lot of different pregnancies and different, I don't want to get into the scientific aspect of this but you need to read it to see how he toil and toil uh, and it says the doctor sent the woman home Collins explained she was left to go through first going to pass this fetus in her toilet she's going to have to deal with that on her home. Then he says he was told there's a greater than 50% chance that she's going to lose her uterus. There's a 10% chance that she would develop sepsis and herself die. That weighs on me. I voted for that bill. These are affecting people. These are not just laws you're enacting to hear everybody say he's against homosexuality, he's against abortion. This is an actual woman suffering this. you got to send this woman home to die. You could... Help her, and now she has a fetus that's dead that's going to die because of naturally it's not anything she caused. But now he's tied to that, and this is the way this woman has to deal with this. He says he was broken and torn up. He said, we have to fix this. And it goes on to say the woman, by the way, returned to the hospital two weeks after being sent home so that the doctors could remove this non-beating fetus that she had to live in that ordeal for two weeks. is unconscionable. Why would you subject someone to this? Collins ended his speech by pleading with his peers, choked up with tears, telling them, what we do matters. Well, sometimes the consequences shows us in life everything is not can't be swept with a broad girl. That's what laws does. That's what God says laws did. That's why I say David was a murderer. God killed the child. But he said, David, the consequences you go suffer the sword and never leave your house. But I'm going to cover your sin up. I'm going to forgive your sin. But this causes problems. So we have to see sometimes when we voting and we call out, and that's why. He tells us in the church, and I'm not going over it this morning, about he had quickened us and made us alive that we shouldn't fight and devour one another in the church. That's what Christian national Christian, Christianity does. When you nationalize Christianity, because then you have pastors and leaders and anybody, you're subject to a false Christianity. That's the Antichrist. That's what's arising in this nation, the Antichrist Antichrist, and that is within religion, people that don't have the spirit, they're like the Laodiceans. sins, God is outside the church, because they have become blinded in darkness in Isaiah 6 chapter and the 10th verse he said, go tell this people hear indeed, but understand not see indeed, but perceive not, make the heart of this people fat, and make their ears heavy, and shut their eyes Lest they see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and be converted. That reads in the Amplified Version, if you need to break it down just a little bit more. And he said, go tell. In other words, go preach to these people. Have churches throughout the nation. And almost every corner you have churches. This is one of the most Christianized, churchized nation in the world. But it says, keep on listening. Keep on going to church. You remember, he wasn't even accepting the offerings and sacrifices in Amos. He said, why come into the sanctuary? You hadn't changed. There was no repentance in you. You're not living differently. You're not living by my word. He says, I'm tired of all of this hoopla, this offering of prayers, and I won't hear your prayers. He wasn't even listening at their prayers. Yes. He says, keep on listening, but do not understand. Keep on looking, but do not comprehend. Make the heart of this people insensitive, and that's what we need to nail that point down. We're insensitive people. The nation has become very insensitive. The sensitivity level uh, is gone. You can't trust the people, you can't even trust self, and that's where your worst enemy is it's with self. Make the hearts dull of this people and their ears dull and their eyes dim otherwise they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears and understand with the heart and return and be healed in other words, watch it that's why we don't give that which is holy unto the dogs because he's not going to allow that in heaven that he disallowed and that's why it's bound on earth that's why during the millennia as he's preaching, as his people is preaching and teaching, he's purging the church his spirit is purging the church we, that's why Jesus said, who is my sister and who is my brother? But those that do the will of the Father. So I'm not a judge, but if God purged you out of the church, it's good news. Because you would have got in there and messed something up and God's not going alive. Because as I pray each morning, I say, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So that means I'm not going to threaten myself because of evil doers, because people are doing me this and trapping and laying things for me or whatever goes. Sooner or later, sooner or later, God's going to take care of that. Sooner or later, it's going to run its course. The wheels of time grind slow, but they grind fine. God's judgment is coming. What you do unto me, what you do unto the least of these, you've done it under Christ. So if I'm one of his... I'm looking unto him for judgment. That's where I gave my sight. The book of Jeremiah, the 6th chapter, the 10th verse. To whom shall I speak and give warning that they may hear? Behold, he says, their ears are closed. They're absolutely deaf to God, and they cannot listen. Behold, the word of the Lord has become a reprimand and an object of scorn. They have no delight in it. They don't delight in His law. They don't delight in God's word. It's all about self. What makes them feel good? I need to get this off my chest. I need to feel good. Sexuality? Let me do with my body what I want to do. No, it's not your body. You can't do what you want to do. You have to buffet it. No, you have to bring it up on such a, But no, you want to do those things that pleases you a self-pleasure... It's the kernel desires that's in you. It's the flesh. Flushing blood shall not inherit the kingdom of heaven. And I keep harping on that. When they say Enos was translated, they say Elijah was translated. All these people were moved to another place. But we know Christ is the first fruits. He's the first of the seed. That's the kernel of wheat. So when people be talking about somebody looking down from them from heaven or whatever, we putting things in here that's unbiblical. When you die you dead. You dead and in that grave until the resurrection comes. Uh, so no man what the scripture says, no man has ascended up, but he who has sent it down. Jesus Christ is the only one who had came down, and they looked at him in the book of Acts and that same Jesus went back up to where he came from. But no other man has done that. No other man has done that. So that kills a lot of, that deadhead, some of that things that's being taught that's beyond the pale scripture. Ezekiel 12, 2 says, Son of man, thou dwellest in the midst of a rebellious house, which have eyes to see and see not. They have ears to hear and hear not, for they are a rebellious house. Watch the people you live among. Though they... Speak of Christianity, though the nation talks of Christ, though your family and people talk of Jesus, this is a rebellious people. You need to walk circumspectively. You need to be very careful. It's some dangerous people out there. And that's why it says beware. The devil, the Satan, Satan has come down unto you. Well, when Satan comes down, it, the demon inhabits people. Those spirits inhabit people. That's why the de- demoniac of Gadara he said, "Send us into those swine." See, because Jesus, what to go allow them to go into another person? Demons, of these spirits are disembodied. They need to have a body to live in. Without the body, you can't exist. I don't want to digress any more from that. But that's what the subject subjugation of demons. In the end, he subject them to, to vain. To vanity and vexation to nothingness, he sends them into outer darkness. Notice that all of this, even hell, will be cast into out of darkness. That's vanity. That's nothingness. Zechariah seven and eleven says, "But they refuse to listen." Notice that all this. Hangs on the point. You're not listening. You can't hear what I'm saying. Because if you had to listen from the beginning, you was in your father, Adam. And he says, do not touch that tree. All of this is about God's word. Do not transgress God's word. What God's word says, that's what he means. Have confidence, trust, faith, and rely upon his word. Adhere to his word. He told Adam, do not. The reason he was pleased, he was well pleased with Jesus Christ because of his obedience. Obedience is better than sacrifice. It's all about, are you listening to the Word? Are you listening? That's why he told him, preach the Word. That's why I say, as you get older, you'll talk to your children, you talk to people, but after that, if you want to hear preaching, you come into the church, and you I'm not out there to provoke you, you put yourself in to ask for advice because we could get in a provocation or something, force it. And that's what happened to a lot of parents. They want control and they're always trying to tell their grown children about what the Bible says in Christianity. Well, they're not in church, are they? Are they following? Well, what makes you think they're gonna listen at you? All you could do is cause problems for them to ignore you and not ignoring what the word of God says. You didn't lay the stumbling block for them because if they was wanting to hear, hungering and thirsting after righteousness, wouldn't they be knocking at the church doors? Wouldn't they want to get in the church to hear the word of God? Stop provoking your children to animosity and hatred. He says but they refused to listen and pay attention. They turned the stubborn shoulder, that is, stiffening themselves in resistance, and stopped up their ears. That's the same way they did Stephen when he was preaching to him. Paul was holding the coast. The people stopped up their ears, rushed Stephen, and mauled him to death. That was a mob violence that killed Stephen that was preaching him the word. You have to be careful. They tried to kill Paul in many a city. For preaching the word. They stoned him. They whipped him and beat him. You have to be wise as serpents. You have to be wise. Sometimes when somebody says they don't want to hear it. Maybe don't tell it to them. Well I'm just telling you the word. Maybe they don't want to hear it. Leave it alone. 2 Timothy 4. It says. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth. And shall be turned unto fables. And that's what we see here. In the media, in the churches, evangelicals that's own, they're turning themselves to that which they know is wrong. Why? Because there's something in them that loves darkness rather than light. The truth has no effect on them because this is what they are. That's why Jesus told them, you of your father, the devil, and of the works he do, you will do. Because you violate and I got articles to bring about the violence of the nature, how violent the nature nation is. And former President Trump the other day said, "Can we dial this back a little? This violence? No, that it's surrounding you, and the walls are caving in. But you're the one who turn up the temperature. You turn this pot up, and Jesus said it's going to be cooking when He comes back. So Christ is coming back. There is this working in Isaiah what He says." Let the wilderness and the cities thereof <clears throat> lift up their voices. The village that Kedar inhabit, let the inhabitants of the rock sing. Let them shout from the top of the mountains. Let them give glory unto the Lord and declare his praise in the islands. In other words, throughout the world among all of the people. The Lord shall go forth as a mighty man. He shall stir up jealousy like a man of war. He shall cry, yes, roar. He shall prevail against... <coughs> He shall prevail against his enemy. I have long time holded my peace. I have been still and refrained myself. Now I will cry like a prevailing a travailing woman. I will destroy and devour at the core. All of y'all that brought this condemnation upon me. All of y'all that had done this to my people, that they have suffered, you've been insensitive to the infliction, oppression that you had wrought on them. Now I'm going to turn and I'm going to oppress you. I'm going to be the judge of that. In other words, his spirit is working. And we shouldn't be groping in darkness. We should see the light that amongst his chaos, we should be singing praise and glorifying God that he is working. And we can see this. And this is our hope because our hope is in Christ. And we see him ever the more as he gets closer. Yes, We're not worried. He told us calamities and disasters will be at every hand. He said, "But it shall not come nigh thee." Yes. You see, if you walk in Him, all the licks they are throwing at you, every knock is a boost. Every knock is a boost. Everything you go do against me, God is writing it you down. You go pay for it. Now you go pay for it, and that's why I pray for you the whole time you were doing this. I was praying for you. I was asking God to be lenient. I say, forgive them, Lord. They know not what they're doing. I'm trying to help you. I won't cease to pray for you. Amen. He says, I will waste mountains and hills and drop all their herbs. And I will make the rivers and islands. I will draw up the pools. I will bring the blind by a way that they knew not. I will leave them in paths that they have not known. I will make darkness light before them and crooked things straight. These will I do unto them, and not forsake them. This is the blind... Remember, who's blind like your servant? In other words, you were in the church, and you thought it was this way. Well, if you truly hungry, and that's why I say, among both camps and both parties, there are those that had been deceived. Yeah. There are those that have been tricked. You can make a mistake. Brother Jackson testified last week of some things he had, might have said or did, and he's sorry for them because... If your intent or your motivation came from within a place that you didn't understand or know and you had did something truly wrong, but you repent and turn from that. That's what David says. I turn. The bones have been broken. In other words, this is hurtful. He says, restore right spirit unto me. Go back and turn, repent, and apologize. That's Christ forgive you of your trans. But if you know something is wrong, that's willful sin that's presumptuous sin to think that you can sin in the face of God and get away with it think that you can violate God's word and there are no consequences for it that brings you into darkness the the amplified bible says and they will turn their ears away from the truth and will wander off into myths and man made fictions Uh, the living says they won't listen to what the Bible says but will blightly follow their own misguided ideas. So there are consequences for rejecting God's word starting in Genesis with Adam and throughout Revelation. There are consequences for rejecting his word. In Genesis 11 chapter we see after the waters of the flood receded Noah's sons began having children of their own. Mankind began rebuilding and reestablishing itself on the planet. Although God had promised not to ever destroy the world with a flood, after a few generations not knowing God and not trusting in him, they were still inclined to look to their own resources for protection and stability. Many gathered around strong men like Nimrod. Nimrod's name mean rebellion or revolt hoping that having the right leadership, the leadership that they deem was right, would shield them from all to come. We're looking for a man, a man to deliver us. There's no man to deliver us. The only man that could have, and we no longer know him out of the flesh, was Jesus Christ, who has been exalted to the right hand of God. That's why we look at, you notice that they say Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Now he receives worship. When he was here a man, he would stop them. He said, worship God. Give God the glory. So he showed us as men, no matter how many works we're doing for God, you give God the glory. That's that's what he showed us when he was there. He wouldn't allow them to worship him. He says, worship. You shall worship God. And among this, yeah, he worships. But you remember Thomas doubting Thomas when he said "Not shall not believe till he see the nail prints in his hand. That's when he fell and Jesus allowed his boat. He looked at him and said my Lord and Savior. He said "See, he was blind and doubted who Jesus was. But once he began to see now as Jesus' brothers James and Jude and all of those now they could worship him. Read the book of James and Jude. They don't say my brother. They said they're a servant of Jesus Christ. Yes. They use yes. Jesus Christ on that because now he's the anointed one. He's the ordained one. He's the one that, res- that ascended with all power and authority had been delivered unto him. That same Jesus whom they had crucified. So they will crucify us the same way they did him. So we're servants as he was a servant and we're to walk the way he walked. Yes. We're to live the way he lived. So don't 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 get in a rebellious way. Don't reject God's word. That was Genesis 11 chapter when man began trying to find a way out or trying to find a man. You can look at all the political parties and places you want. There's no man. We look at what's coming up in 24, 2024 about the presidential election. Whoever they choose, that's the bottom of it. If they get to choose someone else, it may not be election. We may go to war with China before being. We're living in the last days, virtually living in the last days. The last time, it's ticking now. Tick, tick, tick. Dallas is playing the Steelers. One thing about the Steelers used to be them, them Steelers would come back up on you. It's just like New England Patriots, Tom Brady and them would come back. See, good teams have come back. Those people that you have trounced in the ground, those people that you had stepped on, watch it, they'll come back. The, the, your parents or people used to tell you, watch how you live, because those same people you stepped on to get up there, it's the same ones you will see on the way down. Yes. What a man soweth that he shall reap. Humble, humble service. We have to be humble before God. As the leper that was healed in the book of Luke, Luke the 17th chapter in the ninth verse, and he's as he came back and gave God the praise, he gave Jesus the praise and he gave him the glory and Jesus said, arise, go thine and wait, thy faith has made thee whole, well that's what he's coming back now, looking for servants that still have faith but still are humble, humility that's how you get greater grace from God is through humility, not the hoistness of pride of arrogance, of heartiness but by being humble. God exalts you in humility. The only limit to the servant's duty is his master's will. That's what limits you and that's why we pray each morning, Thy will be done." Because Jesus says, Nevertheless, thy will. Not what I want. Not how I feel about these things. I don't know which way God's could take me or whatever. I know the end is beautiful. I know what he's working is wonderful. But we're walking in darkness, but we see greater light each day. He's giving us more sight. There's no point in which we can claim that we have done enough and entitled to it and be at ease. Some people think, well, now nah, I've got it made. I'm going to lay back. That's what the man that was building bigger barns was doing. He was looking for the point that he can labor and then rest. No, we have to labor to enter in. You don't get old enough to do enough in the church where well, you stop. That's the thing about it in the Old Testament. You know, the priest and ministers was limited to a number of years, and then they were retired. Someone else would take over. But we don't see that in the New Testament. I, I used to follow Charles Stanley or whatever, he's still preaching and teaching. Preachers uh, John MacArthur, he's still teaching and preaching. All of those in their eighties now. He, he packs you out he preaches nowadays sometimes as I look and I, I want to maybe do, do it as less preaching a lot of them become pastor Ametrius or whatever they preach maybe once a month or ever so often the wise head is there guiding the church but he's bringing up younger ministers on there. and that's where I look and I pray a lot of times because where are the youth that are going to take over this church where are the people that are going to learn and take over? Who have we? That's why uh, our prayers, and God to examine these prayers. Part of our prayer should be praying that God would send more people into this church. Now, how many of us consistently praying that God would send more people to this church? That he would send ministers, that he would send singers, that he would send lay people, that he would send people that this church would grow? if you're not praying that you're not praying for part of the church you need more laborers in the vineyard are those part of your prayers or you can't see you're blind you can't see what's going on you can't see that the church need maintenance or upkeep you need the oath because God's word says that he would send those that had been scattered back to build the waste places of the ruins of David in other words your sons and daughters, their children, your grandchildren and you things, would come back and build back the church. The family would be back into the church. That's what Malachi, the spirit of Malachi said, I'll send the spirit of Elijah among That was the father's heart turning to the sons and the sons are turning to the father. In other words, the church becomes a family as it's supposed to be. But the curse, that's what was lingered. Jesus said, it comes to bring peace. I came to bring a sword. Because the enemies are those of your own household and you probably causing part of that division. Are you bringing unity? Are you standing in the breach? He's looking for someone to stand in the breach, to stand in the gap, to unite the body of Christ. The servant is always a debtor of service. The master is never a debtor of reward. In other words, we pray, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. We ask each and every time in that prayer, forgive us of our transgression, because if we say we have no sin, we make God a liar, because we are men, we are fallible, we, are, we have sin. Now, there's sin in you. There's none that do it good. There's none. In other words, we're working toward. It. We may not be habitual of sinners in the big sin, but how about all those little things of bitterness and hatred, angering envy and all of these things. The church that's not preaching on that. A blind man could go out to abortion and homosexuality. That's so forth. But we're talking the hidden sin. That's what the spirit comes in and searches and shines a light in there and see you a gossiper, a tail bearer, a backbiter, one that is not standing in God the right way. We're not talking about obvious sins that anybody could see. Everybody Beats that bandwagon, and since they changed the law of abortion, has that changed anything? The law cannot do anything, but the kingdom is being established. It's greater light coming. One who idolizes his duty may be satisfied when his duty is accomplished and expect praise of others, but... You think that somebody should pat you on the head for doing your job? Each fireman that ran into that burning building on 9-11 was doing his job. The ones who didn't run in there weren't doing their job. My job is to preach the gospel. I shouldn't look for a pay. I'm a hireling as I look for pay to do that. My, my Lord's for pay me because I got his promise. In writing, yes. But most powerful, I got his word because he said, I'm going to reward each man according to his deeds. But I know his word also says, work unto man as you working unto the Lord. So those people that's working at the Department of Health, those people that's working at Burger King, those people that's working on these political jobs, so whatever work that you're doing, you are working for the Lord ultimately and not that individual man. So that slackness that you're doing, the work that you halfway doing, that you will be held accountable for the deeds done in your body because you do not supposed to be slacking up on that job. She was telling me about the manager was going around writing citations that they were going around. Slowly but surely, we need to get this to a point to where all of those that's living in low-income projects are low-income. That you're not driving some of the finer cars, that you have more finer cars than the people that's working that are paying the taxes to keep you there. The boyfriends and husbands and things that are living in there and coming there causing the havoc or whatever, you should be married and living with him. You're living in fornication or adultery, and these people that staying overnight and doing all this. You have to give account for it. Now, you may be enjoying it now, but reckoning day is coming. So, all all of that we're doing, if we're sighted and seeing in the Word of God, there's consequences for disobedience. The whole of Deuteronomy, the 28th chapter, that none of the people, you know, Benny Hinn and all of the money coming, word of faith people love to talk about get and all the prosperity in the Word of God. But they never go to the book of Deuteronomy, the 28th chapter, where he talks about the curses in the Word of God. Because I I, I, need, I like to talk about reversing the curse. It says in Deuteronomy, it starts off that first chapter, because remember they spoke from one mountain, they spoke the blessings; from the other mountain they spoke the curses. So, it said. But it shall come about, if you do not listen to, there I go again, it's all about the word of God, what God has said. But if you do not listen to and obey the voice of the Lord your God, being careful to do all his commandments and his statutes, which I am commanding you today, then all of these curses will come up upon you and overtake you. That's where sicknesses and plague and pestilence and all kinds of things. Being scattered, animosity, all of these other things are in that chapter. That's why a lot of times when something happened to me, I first I go to the Lord and pray to God that you would heal me, and then send someone to heal me that you do it your way because I don't know how he's gonna do this. God sometimes doesn't give us the big picture step by step of how he's gonna do this. It's just like my GPS system. When I read into there where I'm going. It gives me the starting point and the end point, And it's going to get me there. Now, a lot of times, in between there, you can touch a button, and it'll give you a detailed, turn-by-turn description of how you get there. But, you know, a lot of times, Siri and uh, Alexa and all of these things that are talking or whatever, a lot of times, as I'm driving... It goes through a thing it says rerouting re- rerouting or returning because a lot of times they may be taking me the scenic route you can choose the scenic route or you can choose the route to go the toll way of highways and things so some of the ways it's taking you I know a shorter cut I know a straighter place to go I deviate from the route and then it recalculates the directions from that point where I deviated at well see, different from God, he tells us the ending point, we don't know what's in between, but as we get off the pathways sometimes God may put obstacles of things within that if we'd have stayed on his path in which he said, because his word is that way, when we go to being bitter when we go to line, when we go to all these things that I want to go over next time in the book of Ephesians in the fourth chapter, not submitting ourselves to one another. Because sometimes we don't like to listen to what other people tell us. You know, not listening to your parents, they may not be mad or upset at you or whatever, or they may not do anything, but later on they will accept you back But you went down the wrong route, and it cost you four years. It may have cost you to have children. It may have cost you loss of health or something like that. But the minute you come back like the prodigal son, you didn't waste your inheritance. You don't have anything, but I love you, son. I'm going to give you a robe to put on you and my son. I'm going to bring you into the fold. That's why Paul said, this man had sorrowed much who was living with his father's wife who were going with his father's wife. But he says, accept him back now. Once a person apologizes, once a person says they're sorry, once they come back and get on the right path. But the consequences are yours to bear. Yeah. The consequences are yours to bear, David, for murdering Uriah. I put your sin away. So you will get to that destination. You are that man that was a man after God's own heart. But you may fall several times, but you go get up because you pray under Jesus Christ, that mediator, that intercessor, that advocate we have with the Father. We stay in communication with Him. We get back in the Word. We walk with God. I've, I've done wrong, Lord. I, I'm sorry. I apologize. And if you can go to the end of it, I'm sorry I did this. I'm sorry I did wrong. Paul was saying that he was sorry that he had persecuted Stephen, he had persecuted the church. Deuteronomy 28 chapter. Twenty-eight through twenty-nine verses, where I'm trying to get to here. He says, "The Lord will strike you with madness and with blindness and with bewilderment of heart and mind. You will be groping at noon, that is, in broad daylight. In other words, by disobeying God, you can't see straight spiritually. You'll still be thinking." You may be accomplishing a whole lot. You may get the things you want. Remember the the one that had rejected the knowledge of truth? Read the book of Romans, the first chapter. Those that had rejected God, I'm going to turn you over. I'm going to let you do abortion. I'm going to let man marry man. It says, doing the unseemly, man and woman doing that which is unnatural, men with men and women against women. They are covenant breakers. They are truth breakers. But God turns them over because they had rejected God's word. And just like I say, sometimes as parents or whatever, we have to let them go on their own course. In other words, we have to put them in God's hand because God, the only one, can do this right. But that's how we are in this last days. As in the book of Romans, it says God had turned them over. Because when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, Neither were they thankful, but they became vain in their imagination, and their foolish heart was darkened. That old heart that's in you had become darkened again. Because when you stop walking in the light as He's in the light, it brings darkness. God illuminates our path. His word is that illumination that lights the path. You might can see a distance, but you can't see where you're walking there. That's where you need that little light every word man shall live by every word that proceeded out of god's mouth God. so you might not be a murderer or adulteress, but you sure have some of these other faults that you can't see because you're blinded to them he says professing themselves to become wise to be wise they became fools and changed the glorious glory of the uncorruptible God into an image Made like the corruptible man and to birds and forfeited beasts and creeping things. In other words, they went into idolatry, and that's where we are today. When idolatry, we think that a man can save us, that if we just could get more money. They made gambling to you, could gamble on your phone, and you could buy a lottery ticket, you could do all this. If you think that you will gamble your way out of this and get lucky and win the lottery, that same blessing could be a curse. If they say if you follow those lottery winners, those that have won the big one, they'll tell you their life is a living hell now. One of the reasons the Beatles wrote that the Beatles wrote that song is Can't Buy Me Love. Money can't buy me love. Money can't buy love. Only God can give love. Only God can shed love abroad out in your heart abundantly. You can have all the money in the world. But there are many rich people jumping off bridges and killing themselves. There's are many parents who have given their children everything that they desire, but they didn't have any love from the children. There was an insensitivity level. It says, Just as the blind grope in darkness, nothing you do will prosper, but you will only be oppressed and exploited and robbed and continually with no one to save you because... You rejected the only Savior, our Lord Savior Jesus Christ. Exploited. You would be robbed of of, of of, continually shorted, things continually going wrong. Now, I'm not saying all that when things go wrong or whatever, it's always the Lord cursing you or whatever. They may be part of building you up. But you would see better. You would be like Job. You would understand God better through your affliction and suffering, it would cause you to see God. See, those calamities, I tell you, all things work together for God, for good, for those that love the Lord, those that are chosen. So through all your affliction and suffering and calamity, you can see God better. The history of Israel demonstrates God's faithfulness to this curse. That when you go astray, because in the New Testament, he tells us he marks or he scores every son that he received. That's chastening when you come to God. Because you have to be put in line, you have to line up with the Word of God. And that darkness, that heart of darkness, it stays in you. Now, I, I got a long ways to go, and I can't make it there. Uh, I can continue this next Saturday. Tomorrow it falls to rain. I can go into this again tomorrow, but Brother Jackson may not be here. But Saturday I can go into it. I don't know about Wednesday what happens. I could go into a different teaching. But let me try to finish one more page before I stop. But Israel demonstrates the faithfulness to this curse because God's Word is in place. That's part of who God is. So if he did it to Israel, that's what he does to church. That's how he brings us. Paul say he's presenting you without a spot or a wrinkle people look to the New Testament because they don't realize that same God of the Old Testament has set that there as examples and set it for our admonition so you need to take heed to that because you're not clean up in the New Testament see a lot of people think well we're in the New Testament God has forgiven all and they live any kind of way that's where the problem is And where is repentance being preached at? Repentance is not being preached in dirtiness and vileness and who you are. Death to self is not preached. It's promulgated in this, especially in this nation, that you're somebody, that you're special, that being a Christian puts you above everybody else. Oh, contraire, my friend. That's not what it should be. And, And Christ... He's the one that makes us survive. Yes. But we're not glorying or have nothing to boast of. That's when you get high-minded and hypocritical, when you start to hold your head up. He says, For He, he provided uh, records of national and individual madness, blindness, and confusion of heart throughout the Old Testament. That's where we see the blindness, the confusion, and madness of heart. We see where David didn't win any more victories after the end. David went into oblivion. He couldn't even lie with the young woman. That young woman didn't help him out, didn't give him warmth and nutrition. It actually caused the death of one of his sons because he wanted Abishai, the Shudamite that caused Solomon to have to put him to death. All of those things that we go after, this world that patterned and put in our hearts, that would bring happiness or restoration, it brings confusion of heart. This curse is particularly devastating because it hobbles the ability even to understand the real problem so that finding a solution proves impossible because God is the answer. See, to the people that the people in the churches are preaching of some great revival, go back and see, just like Isaiah here is giving us hope in the midst of Of them coming back from Babylon saying it's a new day after the seven years captivity, but as Jesus Christ come, He spoke of what the destruction of the temple and that God was the destroyer of the world. All His word is based upon a new heaven and a new earth. That means this world has to be destroyed. This whole world system has to be destroyed. And we talk about the world, we're not talking about. the inanimate inanimate objects in the trees and the earth and everything. We're talking about the system. Mm. Because this is Satan's world. He's the God of this world. We're talking about a whole new creation in Christ Jesus. We're a new creation in Christ Jesus. He's creating the earth anew. He's bringing it to where it should be. The problem in our nation continues to mount. Yet the citizens and leaders cannot actually identify the actual cause. In the divided United States, the Republicans blame the Democrats and all the problems and the Democrats blame the Republicans. But it's human itself. It's people not lining up with God. But God has the answer growing. Those that trust in his word are looking and they're seeing. It's getting better. Throughout the chaos, if you vote, in this election coming up because of inflation and other things those aren't the answers those aren't the solutions the answer is Christ there is no answer to the world's prices. it will come about that all of this destruction shall be the new world order arising partisan media cast aspersions on the president and he retaliate against them and then the Evangel- evangelical, ecumenical part of the church. Let me say, ecumenism But here the to stop after this. In other <coughs> words, this Christianity that, that's arising, presenting itself as the answer, this is the Antichrist. God's Spirit is working in His people to establish the answer. You can see as the answer comes, those of us that God has unblinding the eye so we are to continue in his word in his word give it sight because it's not a physical thing that we can see it's unseen because we we do what we walk by faith this is established by faith and that's who he's coming back to find those that seeing in faith by the eyes of faith, we could see God. But a lot of us see in communities getting worse, people getting worse, and you're not glorifying God when all of that's happening. If he was happy in a city, isn't God doing that? The things that people are doing, that's why when they had Paul and Silas in jail and doing all this, they were able to, what, sing songs, pray and rejoice. That's why this these four cell. Servant songs. says, sing a new song. Now you can sing because you're starting to see when all is falling down. You can sing songs and hymns and rejoice because God is working. God is working. We can see him working. That's why they sing a new song, because he's doing a new thing. He's tearing down, but he's building up. We can't see this because the Spirit has a themselves to us and got us to where we're confused. We've listened at this preacher, we've listened at these evangelists, we've listened at these people in the church and we don't know what's right. We don't know <laughs> what's the right thing to do because we're not listening at God. He is that still small voice should be getting louder Say this is the way. Walk therein. Walk in this way. He's giving his people light, but the setbacks that's coming in your life, the darkness that's coming in your life, you're bringing it there. Now, I need to mark this fifth page because I got about 10 more pages to go, six more pages. I may have to finish this tomorrow. Well, I will finish tomorrow, next Saturday. But it says uh, The populace dis- demonstrates his blindness by focusing on the circus as though they could find the solution. With the right policies and the right people, don't listen at the man behind the creek. Don't listen at all of this confusion. This guy say he's got the answer. To them. All of the presidents, all of the people running for office, I got the answer. I can tell y'all how to get catch a tide. I can tell you how to solve inflation. I can tell you how to do this. That's a sideshow. Keep your eyes focused on Jesus Christ. He says, Behold my servant. You keep looking at Jesus Christ, he's going to get clearer and clearer. You will be able to stop listening to all of the things around you. You will be able to walk on water as Peter was walking on water because he was looking at Jesus. He wasn't looking at the water, he wasn't looking at everything. He was beholding Christ. When did he begin the saints? When he started watching the things around him. Yes. See, let's not murmur and complain. Let's just keep our eyes focused up on Jesus. That's where we're going to prosper at. That's where we're going to be strong at. That's who we receive our sight from. Heavenly Father, as we come before you this day, Lord God, we ask you to.